Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for January 27th, 2020. This is the first part of a three-part conversation that will continue on the podcast for January 31st, 2020 and February 3rd, 2020. Enjoy. Well, good morning, fellow pilgrims. What a delight it is to be with you again today. And I invite the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide as I have my two sons with me again, Matthew, the youngest, and Paul, the oldest. And they are walking with the Lord, and we're going to have some conversation together. And I would like to read from three different portions of the New Testament as we begin today. I want to begin to read from Romans chapter 12, where Paul talks about presenting our bodies as living and holy sacrifices acceptable to God. And then he says this in verse 2, And do not be transformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Just a little comment on that is that it's our minds that need to be renewed. And you remember Jesus said that we're going to have the Spirit in our belly, and out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. Well, those rivers flow up to the mind, and the mind gets reprogrammed, sort of like a computer that gets rid of its old program and has a brand new program by the Holy Spirit. And that's the disciplines of the Christian life. Another text I want to read comes from the third chapter of Philippians, where Paul says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on, in order that I may lay hold of that, for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. And Paul's talking about pressing on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Jesus Christ. Another text I want to read from is from Colossians, the third chapter. If then you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on things of the earth. For you've died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And then the final text I want to read before my sons begin to share 
is from Second Peter, the first chapter. I'm going to pick it up in verse 4. And by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also applying all diligence, in your faith supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge self-control, and in your self-control perseverance, and in your perseverance godliness, and in your godliness brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I read all of those things because we're going to be discussing in the minutes that lie ahead of us what it means to live daily and to follow Jesus and to walk by the Holy Spirit. There is a great truth knowing that God wants to bring discipline to our life, and we'll be talking about that. But it cannot be for discipline's sake. The discipline is the learning to yield and follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we'll end up yielding to our disciplines and become religious, as Oswald Chambers would say, religious prigs. So welcome, Paul. Welcome, Matt. And I'd like you to go ahead, Matthew, and begin our conversation, things that we talked about before. Okay. Um, one of the things that I felt like it was kind of early this, early this morning as we were, as, you know, Paul had mentioned that a dailiness was something he wanted to discuss. And, you know, it's, it's important, but one of my most difficult <laughs> things to deal with. <laughs> um, and uh, so there were two things that came to my mind. One was years and years ago, and this is towards mid, mid to mid to late nineties, I guess, when we were when the church was going through a big renewal. Yes, and I mean though the the world was kind of going through a renewal at the time, and we had the, what there was a member of the church who was making swords for people. Do you remember the uh, like he would pray and God would say, "Okay, I want you to make a make a big broadsword, a two handed broadsword for this person, and make a, a short handled sword." You remember all those things out of wood that he was making. And so he stopped and he prayed and he was like, oh, well, what, what do I make for Matt? And he prayed for, for a while and he said he had this picture. And he said it was me standing on a stage and I had a staff in my hand. And I would lean over on one side and say a joke and get people laughing. And then I would lean over on the other side of the staff and teach. And um, I remember, so he didn't, make, he didn't make me a sword. He made me a staff. And so at first I was like, man, oh, I guess I guess it's kind of cool. And but he goes, but there's a there's a bad side to this. Well, not a bad side, but there's another side to it that is uh, the staff is the symbol of two things. One is shepherding and and teaching and helping, and the other is discipline, which is like um, something I don't enjoy. I don't think anybody does, but it's one of those things where it's two sided, right? So the other. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that one of my favorite things to do is, and we've done this at the fam as a family and as uh, 
With, I think we've done it yes, growing I up. So. I seem to remember doing it. But um, Oswald Chambers um, finding our birthdays uh, on the, in his devotional and reading those. And so I wanted to read the one for me <laughs> for June 15th is my birthday. And the title is Get a Move On. <laughs> and the first verse is Second Peter 1.5. Uh, and besides this, add. And the, the, the subtitle for the whole thing is In the Matter of Drudgery. So I'll just read this and we can see where this takes us, I guess. Um, The first, it says, You have inherited the divine nature, says Peter, verse 4. Now screw your attention down and form habits. Give diligence and concentrate. Add means all that character means. No man is either born naturally or supernaturally with character. He has to make character. Nor are we born with habits. We have to form habits on the basis of the new life God has put into us. We're not meant to be illuminated versions, but the common stuff of ordinary life exhibiting the marvel of the grace of God. That's amazing. Drudgery is the touchstone of character. The great hindrance in spiritual life is that we look for big things to do. Jesus took a towel and began to wash the disciples' feet. Oh, that's that's touching. There are times when there's no illumination and no thrill, but just the daily round, the common task. Routine is God's way of saving us between our times of inspiration. Do not expect God to always give you his thrilling minutes, but learn to live in the domain of drudgery by the power of God. It's the adding that is difficult. We say we do not accept, we do not expect God to carry us to heaven on flowery beds of ease, and yet we act as if we did. The tiniest detail in which I obey has all of the omnipotent power of the grace of God behind it. That line I have to read again because that's exactly what I feel like what we're leaning towards talking about today. Yes. The tiniest detail in which I obey has all of the omnipotent power of the grace of God behind it. If I do my duty, not for duty's sake, but because I believe God is engineering my circumstances, then at that very point of my obedience, the whole superb grace of God is mine through the atonement. Wow. It's just astounding. And um, there's a, it's just, it, 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 to me, it puts it down to the importance of dailiness. And that's dailiness as in accepting that the divine presence of God is behind every moment of our life. And that if we choose to respond and act as an, if we live our life as a, as almost like a, as like a form of worship. Well, it is worship, isn't it? Really? Yeah. I mean, if we, but if we view those daily tasks that we're doing as a form of worship, you know, the, it's the mindset of I'm now performing as I'm vacuuming the floor. I'm performing the will of God in my life. Well, you and know, how that's that's a transforming thing. Oh, Matt, I just recall. I think I've told you boys this. When your mother began to have Parkinson's, and uh, I would get up in the morning, and and uh, we would have our devotional together, and she would have difficulty walking or sitting down, and I was l- r- just helping her recline in her chair one morning, and uh, this, I, it was more than a feeling; it was the presence of God with these words, "Son, you get to do this," yeah. and I thought, "Oh." Well, I wouldn't have thought that this was such a blessing of God. My wife has has Parkinson's, and I get to serve her. The point is, all of life 
becomes an opportunity to make the presence of God now. If there's one thing I recall back from Brother Tyson and Brother Roberts years ago, was that God has always and has ever been now. And it's so important to see that. I'm thinking about what Paul was sharing earlier as we were starting this taping today. So maybe you want to go ahead and characterize that because I I, I want us to get to that portion in Hebrews about discipline. Go ahead. One last thing I wanted to say before I kind of step away here for a little bit is that uh, there's two aspects that that there's two – Two different things that happen when you begin to recognize God in the dailiness of, of your life. Number one is that you're no longer, your circumstance is no longer what determines your attitude. Amen. So that you're in the midst of heaven or hell and it doesn't matter. You're not you, talking about feelings no, that leading has, and guiding. It has nothing to do with what you're going through. You could be, you know, the, the stuff that drives you nuts right now. Some idiot, in the, you know, while you're driving in the car or... You know, for me, it's anything that's anything that happens to me outside of what I expect makes me angry or what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So, sure. So, you know, anything like that. So that that no longer affects where you are. And at the same time, I think the other side of it is that, you know, that whole idea that we have that, like he says in, in that Oswald Chambers thing that I read is where we expect God, we expect to be on the highs all the time. And we get angry when we're not in the, not in the high places all the time. And the reason for us not living up there is that we're not trained for that altitude yet. <laughs> so by learning how to, how to see God and relate to God in the daily things, we train ourselves up to be able and to be useful when we get to that high place. Because if we're not... It's, you know, they, they, they even do that when they're mountain climbing. They go to one area and you stay there for a while. That's and you right. adjust yourself to that altitude. And then you move up again and you stay there. Otherwise, you're just this weak, sad, pallid thing lying there that can't do anything. So learning how to see God and relate to God in those daily things is the training that we need to be ready to respond when he says, and here we go. We're up on, we're on the top of the mountain. What are you going to do? It's like that verse that we're going to read in just a moment. All discipline is painful for the moment. Later, later. No, I want my discipline to do something right this moment. Mm -hmm. No, and God says, no, I want you to obey in love, whether you understand or see or not. Paul? Yeah, I think as I I listened to everything and I, um, in my personal experience, Experience just this morning. I was so much of this relates to time and how we 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 reckon time as believers. And I was reflecting this morning on how much throughout my life I've just I've I've wanted to get to the end of something quicker. I wanted to um, if I wanted to get in shape, I wanted to be in shape. <laughs> if I wanted to learn to run well, I wanted to be at that end point. I want, and the process was more of a getting in the way. It was just a a necessary evil. And the Lord is in His mercy has reprogrammed my thinking. In that time is his such is is such a gift for us because in that now presence we. We are walking with the Lord. 
through the dailiness of life and it takes on that that shimmer of of eternity that is the end of the first part of this three-part conversation between my dad and my brother and i um the second part will be on january 31st and the third part will be on february 3rd thank you so much bye-bye This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.